everybody. Welcome to Ramble On. It's another episode of your favourite intimate podcast and mine. Uh, but I'm not alone today, ladies and gentlemen. We bring to you another fabulous guest you'll be pleased to know. All the ladies say he's a dish, but we affectionately know him as Vish. It's Vitushan Ihantaraja, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Thank you for having me, Marcus. I don't think I'll get a, a better intro in my uh, in my lifetime. Really? Well, if we ever go back on the road as the football ramble, then don't you worry, pal. I'll make sure that, <laughs> that happens. Uh, Vish, it's an absolute delight. You um, have been in uh, the football ramble team, squad, gang, uh, cartel, whatever word you want to use uh, for, for a few weeks now. And I wanted to uh, introduce you more to our good people uh, who subscribe to our Patreon as well, because there's so much more to you, Vish, than than this football pundit extraordinaire, one would argue. I mean, again, just so generous, yeah. It's um, <laughs> it, it's been lovely actually being uh, being part of the ramble, even for this long. If you, I, I figured actually when you when you called me up to have this chat that maybe this was a. Thanks for your time, mate, but we're, we're moving on. <laughs> well, that was Vish, ladies and gentlemen. How little we knew him. Can't wait for the next guy. <laughs> Give me an old Dini off you pop. But, um, yeah, that, no, that's no. right. Yeah. Well, Vish, I'd like to start with a, with a more simpler question. Um, what made you the man you are? Uh, high cholesterol foods. Um, <laughs> a lax attitude to exercise. Uh-huh. Um it's been very hard. No. You're a bit of a foodie, though, aren't you? You do like. Um, you're. Would you describe yourself? No, you probably wouldn't describe yourself as a connoisseur because you, you, you are. Um, you have a, a good level of humility, but, uh, but you, you're very much into to food and the finer things in life. One could say. Yeah, I've always been one of those people who treated exercise and sport. And you know, I enjoy going to the gym. I love playing mm-hmm. football and and cricket. Other two sports I spend the most time trying to not be terrible at um I, but I've always used those as an excuse to eat and drink I suppose you know and <laughs> try try and lean on on those you know more healthy pursuits to you know but what <laughs> would be the difference to feed the other ones well yeah so what would be the difference then in the, in the in the cuisines I mean it's a fairly obvious question but for those who are maybe un- unfamiliar if you go into football or you're having a football event or 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 whatever it may be, people around to watch the football, compared to the cricket, what what are the kind of meals that you have? What, what's going on there? As in what spreads am I putting on, you're asking? What, or what spreads wow. you're putting on? Or when you think football, kind of typical football in cuisine, presumably you're thinking uh, of lower quality than you would at cricket, say. Well, I, th- I think the thing with football cuisine, mm. uh, ideally it's got to be handheld, hasn't it? Because you don't want to be yeah. kind of looking down with a knife and fork and then having to look up. You've so I, I'd always say... You've, of, come on, you've been wine and dine at football before, my, my man. You know what? I haven't actually. I haven't. I have not. I'm oh, not, my giddy. I've not been given the spell of treatment when it comes to um, <laughs> comes to football matches. Yeah, I've, I've always been... A, you know, I'm a, I'm a massive fan of... I suppose mm. this is a bit of a contradiction, really, isn't it? To say that I'm, I'm a foodie and then say I like rubbish food. But Burgers. I do enjoy... You know, yeah, I, I love a burger. But that's I love fine. A pizza. You, can, you, could be a, you could be a foodie and be into all these things as well. Yeah, I suppose, but you, but you know, I, I like I like the grime of it. You know, the kind of thi- mm. the kind of you know the food, the, the kind of takeaway that soaks up, mm-hmm. um, and even in excess, that's kind of very much my bargain. But yeah, just to your question, handheld, handheld for football. For cricket, you can graze a bit more, 
So, you know, you might have some finger sandwiches. Obviously, you've got your crisps as well. Yeah. Some, you know, hummus crisps. and whatever. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> finger sandwiches. I think, okay, that might learn something here. Crisps. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you know, oh, nice ones. Kettle chips. Come on. You know, we're not animals. Um, That's true. That's true. Although it, it's slightly, I find it odd that because they're English, aren't they, kettle? They call them chips rather than crisps. And I'm thinking, come on. That's not that's not the terminology we use here. You know, you've Brexit blown my mind. Brexit. <laughs> <laughs> you've blown my mind. I totally didn't totally didn't see, didn't register that. My partner's American, so she calls okay. them chips. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, well, okay, fair enough. I mean, yeah. So you, yeah, you've that's kind of gone on the rad, radar then. But don't, I, I, I feel it's 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 um, trivial at, at, at best this kind of thing. But uh, I, I went to England uh, West. It's the only time I've been to watch the cricket. England and it was um, it was at Lords, England versus the West Indies in a test a number of years ago, and I thought it was hilarious. There was there was these three posh lads turned up uh, <laughs> with in all the gear. I mean, there were other posh lads as well, and they start they handed round a cheese board, and it was quite comprehensive. Oh, yes. This cheese board, but there was a bloody knife on there. And I thought to myself, <laughs> this is this is that is my kind of formative experience of between cricket and football. You know, that is just that that I think a cricket crowd might be my favourite crowd of all the, the sporting crowds, if you see what I mean. I do love a football crowd when it gets it right, but it can turn a bit nasty and it can be a bit feral. Tennis crowd is boring, rugby crowd just not for me. Whereas cricket I think is quite I think it's pretty good because you have a bit of the oi oi savaloi that you kind of get at football, but it doesn't turn too nasty, if you see what I mean. Yeah, yeah, I can get that. And I think the Barmy Army, uh, you know, they're not they're not to everyone's taste, but they, they're quite good at self-policing when it comes to that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, it certainly does depend, you know, who who makes up the Barmy Army on particular tours because obviously it's, it's quite a... Um, quite a change of faces depending on where where they're touring and um mm-hmm. what time of year it is but yeah it, it's funny i i've always i feel like i missed out a lot quite a lot on the match match going experience when i was a child and i tried to make up for it when i was at school i grew up in west london and had a lot of friends who were queens park rangers and brentford fans um some Fulham fans as well so i'd kind of make make an effort to go along with them if someone had a spare season ticket and this, that and the other. Mm. Um, so more recently, when I've been going to games that I haven't been working on, I've, I've been going to non-league games. And obviously there's been a bit of a revolution over the last five years in terms of supporting your local club and things like that. Starting as, you know, with the FA scheme that they do on um, on international weekends, but also just generally kind of wanting to you know, um, embolden your community and, and Dulwich Hamlet are uh, one club, I suppose, who are a good example of that. Mm-hmm. And I, uh, and I love that because I think what you, what you get with football is you get, you can get a direct, a diverse range of football crowds. Mm. You can go to, you know, you can go to a, a say a Brentford when I was, um, you know, watching them intermittently were a league one club. Mm-hmm. You can go there and you could have the experience of like watching, really serious football but with the you know with the added bonus of being able to walk from one end to the other you yeah. know to, to, they're attacking at this goal and they're attacking at that goal the second half and you can you know get behind each one it's weird um, that, and then it? Dulwich Hamlet that do that as well They've, I've only been to see Dulwich once and I found it fascinating they'd walk up the other end I thought you, you yeah <laughs> you don't get that in the Premier League <laughs> No, not at all. You also don't get dim sum in the Premier League, so that's oh, yeah, a, that's another yeah, yeah. feather in um, 
Dulles is cap. But yeah, so it's interesting that you see that in cricket because I think cricket's issue at the moment is one format is too sm- too snooty and the other format is too laddie in terms of Test cricket and T20. And yeah. they're really trying to find a way to, to bind those two. Mm. And, they, and I think you're the man. Do... You're the man to bridge that gap. <laughs> you know? And if I'm, you need I'm... me, then I'm, I'm really willing to get involved. So, so you're saying I, I, I can bring the snooty and the laddie together? I think that's, I think that's, I feel that's where I am. To be perfectly honest with you, Vish, I think that's where I do my most, my best work between the snooty and the laddie. <laughs> that's that's going to be the <laughs> yeah. title of of my autobiography: between the snooty and the laddie, the Marcus Feller story. <laughs> You're like a you're like a social number ten <laughs> number ten drifting between the oh, lines, are you? That's absolutely that's you. beautiful. That's beautiful. <laughs> a social number ten, um, absolutely marvelous. Do you know what I? Which okay, so which is your favourite cricket cricket ground? I'm, I'm I'm keen to know this. So my favourite cricket ground would probably be the Oval for the reasons we we kind of just outlined. Actually, it's yeah. quite a social ground. Um, mm-hmm. It's you know a great place to watch cricket in the sun. It's also more often than not, quite a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, for selfish reasons, fun the way that I want it. You know, I want a bit of, I, I would like to be boozing all day. I'd like to have conversations with the person <laughs> next scary. to me. Yeah. But, but do you know what I mean? You know, you can you can have the best of both worlds. You can. But that's the, that's the bridging. That, serious. That's the, that's the bridging of the snooty and the laddie. You want to get, you want to booze all day, but you do want to talk about, you know, pottery and politics. Yes, yeah, and, and also you know the minutiae of the game, talking about whether the ball is reverse swinging, who I would bring on as a bowling change. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Um, was it LBW? and that's the, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah absolutely good catch. That's the, it, you know, that, yeah, exactly, and and the the ovals, the the <laughs> certainly the the ground that's um, most most conducive towards that. Yeah, I see. Well, um, Philippe Auclair, the uh, the well known, of course, uh, French journalist. Um, he said to me when we did a Blizzard live show at Lords uh, Cricket Club, he said he was he was on the he was on the terrace having a fag. I don't know if that's there was no game going on. Obviously, this was just an evening event in the in the sort of clubhouse or whatever. And uh, he was there, and he said, "You know, this is this is my favourite sporting ground in the world." That's what he said. It was a lovely moment. Um, and 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 so that for him, Lord's Cricket Ground is his favourite sport ground. This was this was just after we were in the kind of informal green room, if you like. And I actually was I, I didn't see this happen um, because I was talking to someone outside. But Roy Keane was in there as well. It was the kind of London Sports Book Club Festival or something like that. Right, Roy, right. Roy Keane, Roy Keane was in the in in the room, and and he was actually we were the 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 last act on. He was before us, so I I said cheekily and hilariously as we went on stage well it's very kind of uh, mr keen um to be our warm-up act you know of course but he had long gone by then and i made sure of that but roy keen <laughs> roy keen was uh what was it now wilson has told this story a few times so i should be i shouldn't be sloppy with the details but sadly i am there was it might have been the classico might have been barcelona real madrid was on and then on the other side i think there was uh I don't know. I think there was a prominent Irishman or an Irish team playing another sport. And Keane, of course, was very much not in the mood to be talked about, to talk to about the, the potential of changing the channel. He was very much grasping the remote control so much, you could, you know, his the fingertips were turning white and not making eye contact with anybody else. And it was just like, he was very much just piss off everybody. Nobody talked to me. So I have fond <laughs> memories of Lords is what I'm basically trying to say. 
Whereas, I mean, uh, I would too if I if I shared it with with yeah. Roy Keane. It is a it is a lovely ground, and there's something wonderful about the quaintness of Lords mm. and the blind rage of Roy Keane <laughs> coming together, together. with Philippe yeah. Claire to to kind of you know commemorate it with just having a tab on the uh, on the terraces, you know, yeah. <laughs> which, which is quite nice. But so do you, cricket and football are obviously your sports, and 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 those who knew you before know you're you're a journalist. Did I, I'm actually unaware of this? Did, did you make ways into into journalism to cover one or both? Or, or did it sort of, did you, did you, you know, how, how did that happen? So I suppose to take you back to um, university, I mm. I went to the University of Edinburgh and I studied, studied chem. chem- <laughs> yeah. yeah, still got the statue of you up there. Um, okay, excellent. <laughs> but uh, I, so I, I no studied No one's chem- tearing that one down, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they'll get to Greyfriars Bobby before they get to you, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, so, I, so I did chemical engineering at university kind of off the oh. back of a levels in chemistry biology and, and maths and but even then when I was 17 18 I, I was obsessed with sport you know I played mm-hmm. football and cricket for school I used to write match reports and stick them on a wall and but, but I suppose my for my parents who kind of came to the country from Sri Lanka in 1984 their main thing was to push me towards a vocational course or at the very least a course where mm-hmm. I could kind of build a sustainable future more yeah. for them. But ultimately <laughs> I, I didn't, I didn't really kind of um, give journalism any kind of attention or nor sports writing. And it was only really when I was at uni and I did, I was doing chemical engineering and, you know, barring the people around me and the location I was in, I was hating it pretty much. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of started writing for the student paper as I thought, well, you know, if I'm actually going to be serious about this, I might as well start putting the work in now. Mm. And so I left Edinburgh in 2009. And then I think about, I basically started doing work experience and where I did work experience and got the most headway was actually at 442 magazine where oh, yeah. the people behind it were just so welcoming and so mm-hmm. kind of generous with their expertise and their time that I ended up getting more and more work. And, and funnily enough, I just started listening to the football ramble. Well, when you, so when you, what was it? 2009, you lot started, wasn't it? Was that, is that right? 2007. And it's, and it's easy to remember because it was a few days after David Nugent scored for England. That's when we started. <laughs> so, it's, so the two things, it was quite a, quite the, quite the year really for, for English sport in general, I'd say, and broadcasting. But it's funny, we used to do a bespoke show for 442, 442 called Football Ramble Extra. Well, this is the thing. I, I was at four four two when that came through, and I remember thinking, ah. "God, this is really cool." Because this show I I listened to, and my place of work are kind of coming together a little bit. But basically, from from there, I in twenty twelve, I ended up working on the uh, London Olympics as the football writer for the official programs. Ah. So that it was kind of very much football all the way through then, and then kind of out of nowhere, really, from the end of twenty twelve, pretty much right the way through to the end of last summer, it was almost exclusively cricket. I'd, yeah. I'd written bits about cricket before and it just so happened that I ended up making the most headway through, you know, through cricket writing and mm-hmm. kind of off the back of, yeah, so off, off the back of the 2019 summer in cricket, which permeated into other streams because of uh, England winning the World Cup for the first time 
the 50 over format, but also having a um, an Ashes series, which generally gets the most eyeballs on it. And also, funnily enough, you know, just to show people how the how the cogs have moved here, because it, because ultimately the athletic came in to oh. the you know into, into the journalism world in the UK, mm-hmm. people were being picked off, and then suddenly there was an opening as a sports feature out of the independent that wasn't not only wasn't there before, but I don't reckon I would have been considered for maybe because I'd been too specific into into cricket. Well, I'd done some football along the way, but, um, you know, certainly not a lot. Um, and so kind of when the opportunity arose, I obviously was like, well, yeah, definitely. Um, and so I've, it's been kind of a healthy mix of, of both with some added, with a few other sports added in for good measure since, uh, since October of last year, really. Yeah. Do you ever go and watch through work your beloved Manchester United? You know what? I haven't covered a United game yet. Actually, um, I don't. You know, I, I was. Uh, I, I've kind of been bracing myself for the moment that I do, and I think. <laughs> well, I think my worry is that you know I'm going to go the other way. I'm not going to be overly fanboy. I'm going to be overly critical mm-hmm. um, because that does tend to be the way, doesn't it? You're always harsher on your own kids, apparently. When you, I think so. Yeah, coach I them think and teach them in sports. Yeah. Well, so, yeah. Well, it's, it's, you're absolutely right. When, whenever. Um... You know, it was the manager's son was playing for the team. People, oh, you get favouritism. I often think it's the other way. Yeah, I've played yes. in a couple of teams where that was the case, and it was like, no, his son used to get absolutely. Imagine being, imagine being um, Nigel Clough. Is all I'm saying. <laughs> yes. Like yeah. you just imagine the the the, the, the crap he got. Um, but it's interesting you say that because I, 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 yeah, I, I would find that interesting. Yeah. I'd like to. I wonder what I'd be like if I was writing a match report for England. <laughs> but do you find with with match reports, with match reports, do you? Because again, go back to Jonathan Wilson. He'll say that you know you've you, you've pretty much got the thing written as quickly as possible, and and unless there's sort of big twists and turns, you know, you, you're writing kind of as you go. And it's I, I think it was the uh, first match of oh, which Africa Cup of Nations was it? The famous one where Mali were playing. This was the 4-4, four, was, four, wasn't it? The 4-4 four, four, when it was 4-0 with 79 minutes gone and it ended up 4-4. Four, four. And he just said he had the whole match report pretty much written because it's 4-0 up with 10 minutes or 12 minutes to go, whatever it was. And then and then as the goals started going and it's just kind of like delete everything and start the whole match report again. <laughs> you know, Seldom do you get a, a, an extreme like that. But how does it work then? How how do you go about your your business? Can you give us a peek? Well, I suppose you know I absolutely wouldn't put myself in the same bracket as Jonathan Wilson or you know someone at my my paper right now, Miguel Delaney, Mark Critchley, mm-hmm. Melissa Reddy. They they've kind of got it down to a T. So I I feel like I'm still very much learning on the job. But yeah. my tactic is, you know, I'll have a word document up, and I obviously I. I I have a habit of um, handwriting notes. So all my pre-match notes will be handwritten and all my in-game notes will be typed out. Mm-hmm. So it can be a bit of a mess come, come you know, mm-hmm. come time to actually, you know, put fingers on keys in a meaningful way and I'm kind of scrabbling between one and the other. Mm-hmm. But generally what I try and do is I'll make notes during the game and then at half time, I will use half time, you know, the 15 minutes of no football to just hammer through as much as I, as I can. Mm-hmm. And obviously by then you're, you, you know, only half the story is told anyway, mm-hmm. but you've, you've kind of got enough of a base there that you can either, 
use to build on or I suppose spread out throughout the piece if um, things go awry. Um, so, for example, I covered the second leg of Arsenal Olympiacos in the Europa League this mm. season where I had the unique situation of I had to file at 90 minutes no matter what because yeah. of uh, deadlines. So that piece was going in the paper. And so my sign-off for that piece was, okay, well, you know, we're going into extra time now. We'll <laughs> see you later. <laughs> um, and then I had to file at... Uh, and then obviously I had to file at um, full time of extra time. Mm-hmm. By which point, in injury time of extra time, there'd been two goals. There'd been the goal that had... Aubameyang had scored to put Arsenal yeah. through and then yep. Olympiacos scored so that they were going through. And then I think what was the last kick of the game was uh, yeah, Aubameyang missed an absolute sitter. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I th- in that situation, if, which if you'd, if you'd given me to dealt, you know, if, if you, <laughs> if you played the game on, on a screen and gave it to me as a test, I think I would have failed it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but because I was there and there was, there was just no choice but to do it. Oh. You know, there's no out here. You just need to get it done. I, you know, I managed to pull through, and I was quite happy with what I did. But every every game, I'm learning something a little bit, a little bit new about my own process to to writing a match report. I've, I've, you know, asked so many people. I'm good friends with Jonathan Loon. He's someone I admire greatly as a as a writer and a person. And I've asked him how he does it, and he, you know, he he's a man who's as good a word with words as he is. He's unable to articulate just what exactly <laughs> it is that he's able to do. Yeah, exactly. Um, but it kind of, it makes it, you know, it, another, you know, in another way, it makes him that little bit more human and makes you realize that everyone's just trying to work it out for themselves anyway. So yeah. As doing um, this though, does it, does it kind of, I don't know, would, would, it, would it be right to describe it as, does it hamper at all or, or does it affect is maybe a better word, your viewing of, matches when you're not working do you are you still kind of thinking oh that's what i would write or that analyzing away or can you just sit down and watch a, a match and just enjoy it for what it is yeah I, I think you can oh certainly i can still enjoy it because football for a, well my whole life has been a release hmm. i loved i love playing it i love you know playing it in a certain way um maybe a certain way that annoys some people i play with but let's let's drill down on that what, what do you mean by that are you a, are you a kind of a are you a lee catamol no god no 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 quite the opposite i'm uh one of my favorite players growing up was, was Rui costa and it was as much about how he played the game as how he looked playing the game <laughs> that's an enormous um, yeah. I ask you, well, hang on then, talk a bit more about your playing. And you you start by saying, well, you know, growing up, my favourite player was Rui Costa. All right, okay, here we go. This is going to be good. But, but like, I I, I love that continental style. Um, uh, And and it's funny, you can it's something, you know, I went to school with... um, you know, a really diverse group of people. And Mm. one of my favourite... I suppose observations from that was kind of the Arabic style of playing football. Mm-hmm. And you see it a lot with, you know, someone like Mares. You saw it a bit with Adult Rapt and, you know, and I suppose, you Quite know, we, we can throw, yeah, we can throw Zinedine Zidane realize, in the mix as well. People don't realise that, but every time, anytime I've played against uh, players from, from North Africa, uh, which having played football abroad a few times and whatnot, at no level, by the way, this is not some sort of pre-season tour, but I didn't make the first team um, kind of chat, but it, it, yeah, there's there's a lot of technique and a lot of skill 
from those because you've actually I play five a side football now on a Monday evening with a guy well not during lockdown of course but before that with the guy who used to play professional football in his native Morocco and he is he is about 46 47 years old I think and he is, in terms of technique, in terms of pure skill, he is the best player on that pitch. He obviously can't get around as quickly as some of the others, but he is, it's magnificent. It's, it's an absolute joy to see this man's feet and how he shimmies and the skill and so on. Yeah, yeah. And so, and so like, I've always been really, um, you know, infatuated with, with that kind of style of play. Like, you know, yeah. Rui Costa, just the just how languid he was in the field. I, you know, I I love triers. You know, I, I absolutely do. But um, I just I, just nothing like a you know a nice piece of skill to benefit the team. You know, I, I think I think <laughs> I, I would I would hate I would hasten to add that. But yeah, and that that's in that way, and also from watching watching football, it's always it's always been a big release of mine. And I I, I still have that now. You know, from from not covering a game, I'll still make sure to to watch as much as I can. It helps that my partner is massively into football as well. She used to play for Leighton Orient. Um, oh, blimey, that's in f- great, that. Yeah, so she played a lot in the US um, uh-huh. and she played She played at college as well and then she coached and she was actually reserve team coach at Leighton Orient until she had to retire. But she, oh, um, in, in fact, <laughs> she's the exact opposite to me. We've played football bef- um, together before. We yeah. played, I think in the first year we were going out, we were like, well, we should play football You're together. You're a midfield and, duo. Uh, Sort of, what why I played up front, uh, um, <laughs> well, it's really funny because, um, or Gattuso and Costa might be better. Uh, yeah, that, that is, you know, what that is exactly it. Because she, um, <laughs> on, our, on our first date, she, um, you know, I knew she was into football, and so we were talking about that. And I was like, oh, um, what was your, you know, what, what position did you play? And she was like, oh, you know, I, I love it, I love a tackle, I was always kind of a tough tackling midfielder, and that was something that I wanted to. You know, I've, I've always admired that in players and that was always kind of my bag growing up. And I was like, oh, wow, okay, yeah. And then, like, I kind of got through to asking, like, superficial questions. That, like, oh, um, so, you know, what number were you at uh, college? What was your number you picked? And she was like, oh, 26. And I was like, oh, okay, why 26? And she was like, oh, well, that was, um, <laughs> that was Edgar Davids' number at Juventus. And I Ooh. and immediately I, w- I was like... Right. Okay. Um, I'm sold. Uh, where do I sign here? Because that is excellent. That is- yeah, and it's funny because when we play together, mm. she is she is vicious. She wants yeah. played a. Whereas you're just vicious. we play this. <laughs> well, yeah, in every sense, we played um, we played this one um, one season where um, she it, it's in a cage and the ball doesn't go out, so it's kind of like it's very full on, and it's one of those where it's five aside and you have to have two women playing at all time. And she hated that because the way it was sold was that it, it was a disadvantage. And also yeah. whenever you got a penalty, a woman had to take it, which again, she hated as well. And, yeah. I, and I can understand that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But she, um, she would also really dislike the fact that blokes wouldn't tackle her as hard. Yeah. And so she would go harder in on them to get mm-hmm. a bit back yeah. to the extent that at one point um, I didn't play for uh, a couple of weeks and you know, we weren't living together at the time, but she was talking about, oh, I think I hurt my hand, um, you know, playing football last week. And she kind of told me what happened. And I was like, sounds quite serious. You know, she kind of got like, almost like shoved up against the wall by <laughs> by this bloke and like, he was trying to fight him off and, you know, on the football field. Yeah. And I was like, okay. And then a month later, she goes to the hospital and they're like, yeah, you've got a compound fracture in your hand. You know, you've got, <laughs> you've broken three bones here. 
and she just had no idea. And that's kind of, whereas for me, I, you know, I deliberately pull my socks up and tape them. So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. that's, uh, you know, those are the two kind of players you're dealing with there. Well, I've seen the, 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 the boots or the, or the AstroTurf trainers that you play in and, uh, it certainly testifies or, or backs up what you're saying here, Vish. Um, so, uh, <laughs> I, 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 yeah, we're, we're, we're left in no doubt. Um, Vish, I, I would um, I, I would also add to this chat before we go that I actually properly met my wife uh, on the football field as well. How about that? Ooh, lovely stuff. Can you tell me uh, a bit more? Uh, no. <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it was a church weekend away on the football field. The Lord is good, is all I will say uh, to that, ladies and gentlemen. Um, so, did you, you did you? Bet, I've got to ask. Sorry, before you go go, before go you on, say go, goodbye, go there was a. You'd obviously spotted her, so there was clearly something yeah. you did to to get her attention. Uh, was it a piece of skill? Was it a, a, a nice little finish? I, I can imagine he was a fan of a dink, like a uh-huh. lovely little get the a messy esque dink. Was that it? To get her to get her attention, I scored four goals. <laughs> Turned the game on its head. I wasn't planning on playing. I was. It was a. Be- it was a really hot day, and I was sat outside. We were away with the church. It was everybody. Everyone was having a good time socialising. Some people playing football. Some people doing this, that, and the other. And I was sitting there, and I was thinking, oh, there's a game of football going on." But you know what it's like when there's a game of football going on. You just you're drawn to it. It's like yes, a, yeah. some sort of homing beacon or something, and it's and it's and it's dragging you in. And I thought, no, I'm going to resist this. I'm having a good chat with some of my mates here, and it's it's very hot, and I can't be bothered. I'm having a nice time. I I'm resisting you. I'm getting the be- oh, who's that? And I went, okay. And then uh, I went and played. <laughs> and uh, it was a ge- it was a game being played. It was the under thirties with the over thirties, and. The, get, the teams were quite matched and uh, there was uh, and, and so when I turned up it was kind of like ah you, you, you kind of won extra now but as I did that one of the guys who was under 30 one of the, the older under 30s he said oh look you can take my place I'm going off so I went okay brilliant so I went on the under th- to 30s despite being over 30 and the first thing my wife said to me she looked at me and I was a bit like oh hi how you doing and she went mm, under 30 and I went oh, okay <laughs> Like that, is it? <laughs> but yeah, as I say, four goals later, turned the game on its head. Uh, lovely old job, and the rest is history. Judge me on my results, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> that is wonderful. That's absolutely <laughs> wonderful. It all it is is the truth, Vish. That's all it is. Okay, I am just a man. Uh, but what a man. And what a man you are, Vish. It's been an absolute pleasure uh, talking to you on this uh, Ramble On episode. Uh, of course, we, you know, you and I will be uh, chatting together, no doubt, on a Football Ramble podcast that will be out uh, in the coming weeks. We don't know when we're on next with each other. That's the beauty of this uh, at the moment, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, but I hope you've enjoyed that. Uh, stay stay sexy. Vish, thank you very much indeed. Thank you very much for having me. And and to all the kind of, all the Ramble family, just, you know, not just <laughs> you all in the studio, but everyone on Twitter as well. The feedback has been kind of overwhelming, actually, and everyone's been mm. very sweet and very generous with their praise. So um, I hope I don't let any of you down. There you are. You see what you've done there, ladies and gentlemen? You've made a very talented man very happy indeed. Lots of love. See you soon. was a Stakhanov production.